This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are in studio. In studio for the first time this week. It's kind of crazy. Gone. I'm out of the building for a couple days doing shows and... Get back into the studio, and it feels like I'm in a foreign place. But here we are, back in the studio. We're rocking the airwaves for the next two hours. Then we'll pass the pass the sticks on to Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, holding it down for In the Huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. Just came off a really good show with JT the Brick. Held it down from noon to 2. Shout out to Black Hole Rob. Really did a very good dedication show to uh, the founding father, one of the founding fathers of the Black Hole. So shout out to JT for that show, and shout out to all the feedback. There was a ton of great calls. Uh, a lot of good um, messages I'm checking out on the Sam and Ash text line. So uh, shout out to everyone that had a part in that. Even on our Twitter page, at r 920 am saw a lot of good tweets as well. So shout out to you, Raider Nation. Thought that that was really cool uh, to be able to have a, a dedication show like that. And great job again by JT the Brick. Uh, we have a pretty good show for you lined up again today. Came off a heck of a show we had yesterday, and we're going to keep that party rolling. And when I mean that party, we have some really good guests. Um, not, we don't have our first guest, though, until 3 o'clock. Well, not our first guest. So what we're going to do, we plan on doing cover three, <laughs> NFL news and notes of the day at 2.30. I plan on doing that every day. And for some reason, it just doesn't happen all the time. We get a lot of good calls and texts, and I want to make sure that you're able to get your feedback in as well. So I just kind of pushed cover three back. But uh, we're going to do cover three at 2.30 today. Because, like I said, we don't have our first guest coming up till 3 o'clock. But, uh, so we'll, we'll do that. We'll have some open line times. Uh, so you could definitely chime in and give us your feedback uh, as the Raiders injury report's out. I'll go over that in just a few minutes. John Gruden, he met with the media a little while ago. We'll hear a few clips from him. Uh, also, Derek Carr met with the media. K.J. Wright met with the media. So uh, just have a few few little sound bites that we'll play for you. And, again, want to get your feedback at 702-365-9200. Also, the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R on anything that we're talking about or anything that's on your mind. So we'll go over the injury report. We'll do all that good stuff. Then at 3 o'clock, as mentioned, we have our first guest. How about this guy? How about the judge? How about Lester Hayes? What number 3-7? about the guy that probably should already be in the Hall of Fame and isn't? Another great Raider that isn't, but two-time Super Bowl champion, 1-1 in Oakland, 1-1 in L.A. It'd be pretty cool to get his thoughts on what it would mean to him to see his Raiders win one in Las Vegas. So uh, we'll talk to the judge coming up at, uh, at 3 o'clock, and, and I'm so excited about talking to him. One, because it's Lester Hayes, and he's just a, a great uh, ambassador of the silver and black. He was just here in town signing autographs about a week and a half ago or so, uh, right before that Baltimore game, and my guy Jess actually is a big, big Lester Hayes fan. Every time he comes out to the TI, he's got his 37 jersey on. He's a big fan. And he told me, and his son Jason told me, hey, you should get Lester on the show. Uh, he, and, and Jess told me straight up, he said, hey, when I got my autograph from him, uh, he actually gave me a few minutes to talk to him, and it was really cool. And he, he just, you know, wasn't trying to rush me off. He just, he was a really good dude, told me a couple of cool stories. You should get him on the show. I think he'd be a great guest. And 
So that's what we did. <laughs> so that's what we did. I took that suggestion. Suggestion. Uh, my guy Jason actually had a uh, a contact for someone that was close to Lester, and and bada boom, bada bing, we made that happen. So coming up at three o'clock, as you wish, Lester Hayes will be on the show. Then at three thirty, no pressure, no pressure, Ed Graney from uh, ESPN Las Vegas. I mean, you're only following up with Lester Hayes. You know, you're <laughs> Ed. Ed's probably looking at the lineup right now. Like, how did I end up behind Lester Hayes? I probably should have let off. Tough act to follow. Yeah, it's a very tough act to follow. Because on your personal list here, how high is Les? Because I know you love the secondary. You're, oh, yeah. DBs a, win you're, games. You're a DBs guy. DBs win games. Oh, and he's very high. Lester Hayes was probably one of your favorite players in your early childhood here. I mean, he was the guy, and I'll, I'll admit, I mean, when he joined the Raiders, I was literally one. But I I know. Yeah, DeMond just looked at me like, no, dude, you're way older than that. But no. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I just I, I, I saw a lot of... Uh, and I know this is cheating, but I saw a lot of film on him. I saw a lot of, uh, you know, obviously there's tons of stories on, on Lester Hayes. So uh, he was one of those guys. Just looking at pictures of him, even the picture I tweeted out uh, with our show lineup today, you know, just seeing how intimidating he looked. And I could only imagine what a wide receiver was thinking when they were lining up across from Lester Hayes. I could only imagine what they were thinking. Like, this dude's a psychopath. You know what I mean? Like, I could only imagine what was going through their mind. And, oh, by the way, when he joined the Silver and Black as a rookie fifth-round pick in 77, he was only going to join the Soul Patrol, which was a damn good secondary already. So I'm sure he's got some great stories, and I'm sure he probably has enough uh, uh, stories that he can fill up the whole two-hour show if he really wanted to. We're not going to try to hold him like that. <laughs> Is there a chance Ed gets bumped? <laughs> Just keep him Sorry. the whole hour. Sorry, Ed, you're done. Sorry, Vinny. First hour gets, gets uh, bumped. We're talking to the judge, but uh, no, I'm very, I'm very excited to talk to him. And it's funny because when I was in Texas, uh, I had a, a really good friend that we called the uh, the mailman. That's that was I always called him the mailman, and he's a big Texas A&M guy. Well, Lester Hayes went to Texas A&M, so he always used to associate me and talk to the Raiders or talk, you know, about the Raiders. And he would always bring up Lester Hayes, and he always said, "Q, you need to get Lester Hayes on the show," which would have been appropriate at that time because it would have made sense because he was a Texas guy. So I could have tied it in, and every once in a while I was able to do that while I was in Texas and get really good guests that happened to be Raiders but had Texas ties, you know. So uh, it that, it worked out like that, but I didn't get him on, obviously. Uh, like Cliff Branch was one of them. I got Cliff Branch on, and he uh, had Texas ties as well. So uh, there was there was a lot of those that I was able to get on. That was pretty cool. But Lester Hayes was never one of them. But the mailman always asked, "Q, you got to get Lester Hayes on the show." Well, my man Jess asked, "Q, you got to get Lester Hayes on the show." So I said, "All right, damn it." I'm going to get Lester Hayes on the show. Finally. Finally. So we're going to make that happen. So he's coming up at 3 o'clock. And then Ed Graney is going to talk to us about the Raiders. He was at media session earlier today. I actually uh, was there earlier today at the facility and uh, saw Ed when he was there getting his COVID test. We have to do it every week. And so uh, we boom, boom, boom. Got to get there early in the morning. So I ran into Ed this morning. And uh, we're talking a little UNLV as well. So, of course, Damon will touch on the, the Rebels. The Rebels coming off that uh, that whooping by Iowa State, and now they head to Fresno. They head to the 559. I know you love to talk in area code, so they're heading to the 559. You know, Iowa State was just a warm-up game. For what? <laughs> just getting warmed up, you know? Okay. Yeah, you know. Okay. Uh, Tate's in a walking boot. I mean, Doug's back on the practice How does that field? happen, by the way? I mean, I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to go in. I'm not trying to go ham. I'm not trying to be Mr. Hot Tate. But he only had a handful of snaps. How does he get into a walking boot already? You know what? Maybe this wouldn't happen if he would have got to warm up those legs a little sooner. I don't know what's going on. 
I don't, I don't either. I don't know. Fresno's looking pretty good. Fresno State's like ranked, and it's like wow. Fresno State's looking damn good. Real good. They're looking real good. Derek Carr actually, and I saw I saw the quote. I didn't hear it, but he had a, a, a quote in the media session today. I believe Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review Journal, also as a part of Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas, said, "Hey, are you worried about Friday?" And and Derek Carr apparently looked at him like wondering what the hell he's talking about, and he said, "Well, the Rebels are heading to Fresno to take on Fresno State," and I think Carr just said, "No." No, not worried about that. <laughs> so there you go, Derek Carr, giving uh, giving your rebels the business. Well, you know what, man, that disrespect won't be tolerated. I mean, I, nobody's going to check the starting quarterback of the team. Just I don't man. think you really can check him at this point, can you? Two and zero. I know because Gruden was asked today about a two and zero glow, so I know he's riding high. He's got the nice haircut. You know, he's feeling himself. But you ain't got to put down the rebels, man. <laughs> Say like, hey, man, it's going to be a competitive game or something. Well, I mean, I guess, well, you know, Derek Carr is not in the line. He's not in the line. And look, I'm not I'm not here to dog the Rebels at all, man. I, I want them to be good. I really do. It's it's good for business. It really is if they're if they're good. <laughs> it's just unfortunate that they're not. And so we'll ask Ed Graney a few UNLV questions as we do each and every, every week when we have them on. So uh, those are the guests that we have on. Not too bad. Uh, you got the judge and you got Ed Graney. That's a, that's, a, that's a good little guest lineup. Of course, Raider Nation, what really sets the show off is you. 702-365-9200. So we definitely want to hear from you. You can feel free to chime in. I did have a show question that I wanted to ask you today. Earlier this morning, it was announced that Tua Tagovailoa was not going to be playing on Sunday. So it's the Jacoby Brissett show. And I'll tell you straight up, Raider Nation, I'm actually thinking that Miami has a better chance with Jacoby Brissett under center than with Tua. And I that's the same thing. You know what I mean? And that's not a disrespect to Tua because I liked him coming out of Alabama. But what I didn't like is he was banged up. His injury was a bad one. I didn't know if he was going to be able to recover from it. And I still don't know if he's going to be able to recover from it, if he's actually 100% you know, where he needs to be. And then what I saw from him last year against the Raiders at Legion Stadium, that was a blank show. That was just a pure blank show. That was absolutely his performance was what you would see from an old beat-up dog that's out back and tries to lift his leg, and it barely lifts, and it just rolls down his leg. That's how bad that was. He just completely blanked all over himself in that game, and then he had to get pulled, and then Fitzpatrick comes in, and, well, I don't have to go back and relive that because, well, we all know what happened that game. But Tua looked terrible. That was a very uh, graphic description you gave us there. But you understood the point. But you got the point. You got the point. I don't like to leave any questions, any doubts. I want you to understand what I'm saying at all times. So my question to you, Raider Nation, does Jacoby Brissett getting the start versus the Raiders change the way you look at Sunday's game? Does it make you have more confidence in the Raiders? Does it have you a little bit more concerned about this game? What are your thoughts? 702-365-9200. Want to hear from you. And, of course, the Sam and Ash text line, always wide open, like some old school TV antenna, 69187. Keyword R-N-R. You put the number 69187. You put that in the phone number part of the text. And then to start your text message, the letters R-N-R. And then your message, and we'll be sure to get it. Sometimes I just want to make sure I have to explain that. So just in case, just in case you don't... uh, you're not on top of it. And just in case it sounds a little confusing, because it does at times. So uh, we'll definitely love to hear from you. Do we have someone lined up, DeMond, already that you you had uh, on the dial? All right, DeMond's lining them up right now as the as the, as the the phone is ringing. Oh, no, so okay, cool. Let's go through the uh, injury report. As uh, Will, got a shout-out to Will over at the Raiders, sent it out. Derek Carr, I don't think it's a, any kind of a surprise. Ankle injury, full participant Wednesday. He's playing on Sunday. 
No doubt about that. Uh, John Gruden mentioned that he's going to be playing as well. So that's that's not a concern. Didn't Wasn't really a concern uh, even Sunday after the game against Pittsburgh. Richie Incognito, this is the gift that keeps on giving. The calf injury did not participate. This dude has not participated in practice. In practice. We're talking about practice, not a game. We're talking about practice since the second week of the preseason. And now we're headed into the third week of the regular season. And he has not practiced as he's dealing with the calf injury. And I've had people hit me up on Twitter and say, well, how come they don't just put him on IR? You know, guarantee that he's going to miss three weeks. I don't, I can't answer that. I really can't. I, I've, I've said it multiple times. I would be shocked to see him play a bunch of games this year. I, I really would. I just don't think that, I don't know. I mean, at 38 years old, I mentioned it before, coming off an Achilles injury and now a calf injury. It sucks. I know he's, Hungry, he wants to be out there. I saw him during training camp, and he looked, he looked the part. He sounded the part, strong, physical. Looked like that nasty was there. Just all of a sudden, the calf injury came up, and now he can't overcome it. So I, I don't know what the next step is. I don't know if there's going to be a move made. I don't, I, I don't have any idea. But uh, unfortunately, Richie Incognito has not been available at all this season. But doesn't that go to show that if the team won't put him on IR, just how valuable they, they think he is? Like, if the doctors give him the okay, we need this guy to start immediately. It's also like like a depth concern at the offensive line. So where the team is just like, hey, if we, we don't want to put him on IR because if we get that, we, we get the he's cleared to play, we want him in there immediately. Well, yeah, that's the... So, yeah, so some people are like, oh, why isn't he on IR? That's why, because you don't want to... I, and it seems like I know it seems it's like, almost what like wishful thinking. Though. Yeah, it feels like thinking. it's wishful. It's almost like me saying, um, you know, I want that million dollars. So I'm going to go buy that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to buy that house so bad. So if I hit the lottery, I'm going to put I'm a I'm a I'm a hold this house to the side. Cause I'm about to hit the lottery this week and then I'm going to go go buy it. Like, it, it seems like it's more of they're optimistic. Exactly. Let but it's be optimistic. No, that's fine. And maybe and that's and that's I, I mean, that's probably the right answer. Maybe they know something. They obviously know something that we don't know, but it just feels like it just feels like he's not going to be available anytime soon. But he didn't participate in practice. Alec Ingold dealing with the fibula uh, issue. He practiced in full. He'll be good to go. Running back Josh Jacobs. How about this? He didn't participate, which I don't think it should be a big surprise that he didn't participate. John Gruden said it on Monday that he's very questionable to uh, play on Sunday. But I would think that the good news here is it's an ankle injury that's listed and not a toe injury. I think that that's a positive. If you're looking for positives, I think that's a positive. Because I'd much rather him have an ankle injury, even though you don't want a high ankle sprain. I don't think it's that. Uh, it has never been described as that. You don't want that because those injuries are just about like breaks. But, I mean, a toe, you know, we're starting to talk about toe tur- and you know potential toe tur injury and, and, and how long that can linger and if that's going to linger throughout the course of the season. If he's dealing with the ankle injury, I feel like, he can come back quicker and sooner rather than later from that injury quicker than you could from a, a, a an actual toe injury that could potentially be a, a turf toe. So, again, if I'm looking for positives and I'm looking at the injury report, I feel like the ankle injury is better, the better of the two evils. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's better to have that that uh, that ankle injury than it is the toe. I just think that toe would, uh, would linger. Uh, how about Nick Wachowski dealing with the concussion? He was limited. He's still got to pass through all the concussion protocols before he can be cleared to play, but it's good to know that he's out there doing a little something. You know, a little, little, and he's limited, but 
is better than nothing. And again, he's got to clear the concussion protocols, so there's really not a whole lot you can talk about that. Alex Leatherwood, who's got the back injury, he left Sunday's game with the oblique, and then it was called a back strain on Monday. He participated in full, which is a positive. It is a positive. Doesn't mean he's playing on Sunday. It just means that he participated in full, and he was out there giving it a go. Uh, I'm sure that they'll see how he feels tomorrow, see if he's sore or if it's, you know, if it's bothering him. But I do think it's a positive step that you see Alex Leatherwood participating in full. Dallin Levitt dealing with a concussion, did not participate. Uh, he took a big, big hit uh, to the head on a great pass breakup. Dallin Levitt catches a bunch of hell all the time from Raider Nation. And I know I've given him the business as well for him being on the field as a safety. And they've been putting him out there a lot. They've been putting him that three safety look out there. Uh, and, and, and he doesn't really shine that much when he gets at the safety position, but he did make a really good play on Sunday to, to break up a, a crucial third down play. So, and that's the one that he hurt himself on. So you got to give down Levitt a lot of credit for that pass breakup, but he did in the same time get a concussion. So he most likely probably won't play on Sunday since he didn't even participate in anything. And again, just like uh, Nick Wachowski, he's got to clear the concussion protocol. Carl Nassib was limited. He's got the pectoral and toe injury. Uh, and I think the toe is, isn't that new? I remember the peck injuries. Yeah, is, so far I don't, it's, just been, it's just been pecked. That that's what hearing. I thought. I don't remember a toe. So Carl Nassib, peck and toe, limited. Unique Ngakwe, hamstring, limited. Darius Phylon, knee injury, limited. Roderick Teamer, ankle, did not participate. Did not participate. And today, remember, today is Wednesday. So you got to take everything that I just said with a grain of salt because today's a walkthrough. So it's a lot of estimations going on uh, with the Raiders as far as the, the uh, you know, the, the injury report goes. So, again... We'll really get a better update uh, and an idea of what's going to happen on Sunday by Thursday and Friday's injury report. But this is the first uh, initial injury report for the week. So, uh, yeah, that's 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 that. That's the house cleaning right there. Uh, you got that soundbite from John Gruden when he was talking about the run game. He got pretty fired up when he was talking about the, the run game or he was asked about the run game. And I just want to make sure I played this because I don't always get to use the audio that we have from different media sessions. But I was very interested in this one because, again, and just to be sure, this is the one where he's like where talking, he's talking about Jim Brown and Walter yeah, Payton. Exactly, and all yeah, that, yeah, and exactly. he got, yeah, I also thought that one was funny. Yeah, yeah we got he, he got pretty fired up. So you got that one over there. All right. Let's go ahead and hear from uh, John Grin when he was asked about the run game. If you do the history on Pittsburgh and Baltimore, you know, call me and tell me the teams that have run the ball up and down their throat. You know, these are good run defenses. They're also defenses that are committed to stopping a run with multiple people on the line of scrimmage and chaotic blitzes. Uh, so you have to be honest with yourself and say, you know what, it's going to be hard to run the ball today. I don't care if we have Walter Payton or Jim Brown uh, in their prime. You know, it's hard to run the ball against certain defenses. And with that being said, you have to find other ways to move the ball. And right now we've improved a little bit in the passing game. We're not there yet e either. But uh, against Miami, it's going to be a very, very difficult day throwing and running. And uh, the tape proves that. So there's John Gruden getting a little fired up talking about the run game. And, you know, we've, we've been talking about it throughout the course of the week that that's the way that he wants to, to butter his bread is by the, the ground game. And it just hasn't been there yet. And he just went into great detail of, you know, part of the reason why it hasn't been there. Pittsburgh and Baltimore, really good teams against the run. But I think that they've done a really good job uh, using the short passing game as an extension of the run game. I think they've done a very good job with that. And Derek Carr, again, who's thrown the ball over 80 times in two games, you know, is, is the guy that's making that happen. That's why you see Kenyon Drake having five catches. That's why you're seeing Hunter Renfro have five catches. You're seeing those short passes that turn into eight or nine yards uh, completions. Those are great runs 
those are better runs, you know. So when you look at the the run stats, remember that those those short passes, especially to the backs, you know, Kenyon Drake, those can go a long way. So uh, I thought that that was a, a interesting soundbite that I wanted to pass along. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Let's go out to Raider Mike. What's on your mind this afternoon, my man? What's up, my man? Chilling, man. Chilling. Anyway, I'm so pumped about this interview with number 37. Top five Raiders to me all the time. All the time. Um, he's this BS about him wearing stick'em for not being in, in the Hall of Fame is just a load of crap. Um, it was legal at the time. He led the inter what, 13 picks? <laughs> right. In 1980, which is ridiculous. And uh, when he dropped an easy interception, Freddie B rolled over to him, just wiped it all over him, said, don't ever do that again, and he didn't. So hopefully um, this interview goes well. I, I've never heard a, a great interview, and you got great interviewing skills. So rock that for me, Q. All um, the time. Next up, what, bro? All the time. You know I got you. All right. Uh, next up, um, I'm not worried. I don't care if Marino starts against us in his prime. They're not going to beat us um, because Tua or Brissett, I, I just have no fear of those guys. And the way we're playing, even without a run game, I'm not worried about it because our defense is going to just pound either quarterback in the ground, especially if it's Tua. I actually feel it, fear Brissett more than Tua. Right. Right. So, well, that's what I was saying because Brissett is the one that's going to go. Tua's out. So I was saying that, hey, I actually feel like Miami has a better chance with Brissett in the lineup than they do with Tua. Yeah. I, in fact, I, I'm going out on a limb now. I think Tua's going to be a bust. And I think Miami's going to be doing everything they can very soon to pull Deshaun out of Houston. So at least uh, it won't be against us. So anyway, great show, Q. Peace out, DeMond. Give me some slam. <laughs> there it is, Raider Mike right there. Slam! Dun, 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 dun. Let the boys be boys. That's what I'm talking about, man. That's good stuff right there. Damon, you've actually been using that quite a bit, though, for our little yeah, outro been, I've music. I've been using it to close out the show. Yeah. Because you you, Raider Mike loves it. You were like, that was your favorite song like back that was in the one day? Of mine, that was one of my favorite songs. You know another one of my favorite songs was back in the day? And I got a couple text messages that I'll get to on the Sam and Ash text line. Uh, Joe Budden, Pump It Up. That was my jam, too. Man, that, that beat hit so hard that if you didn't get excited, then something was wrong with you. We just found a common ground right there. Oh, you're yeah, a Joe oh, Button guy. Oh, man, that song there? Yeah. Oh, that, oh, man. Hey, dog, that one. And then that's that kind of song that you get so fired up that you lose your breath. That's that's That was <laughs> that was the kind for me because I'd be in the studio playing it, and I'd be all fired up and jumping around. You see me. You, you see yeah, how oh, I'm no, I could I could imagine, yeah. So when that song, and I'm doing hip-hop radio, man, it's a rap. I'm just losing my damn mind. So, yeah, Joe Budden, pump it up. If you ever decide that you want to play that, you are it's A-OK by me. I'm good with that. I love that instrumental right there. And that's probably the best song he ever did, but that's OK. One hit's better than no hits. Exactly. Yo, man, <laughs> he got to ride that hit until, like, he's he's parlayed that into got that the into a video game, did all oh, kind of man. stuff. Yeah, turned that into a podcast. He wrote Pump It Up all the way. He He literally pumped it up. Pumping it all the way up. There you go. Here now we go. He gets to be a gas bag. <laughs> Damn. We got a text now from uh, Sir Whiskey Ray on the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. First off, thank you for taking this text. Second, I'm so pumped up to hear Raider football as I'm listening all the way from the San Francisco Bay Area. Let's keep Derek's uniform nice and clean versus Miami. Ankle injuries aren't fun. If we can keep consistent pressure on Miami's quarterback, I love our chances. By the way, 
San Jose, San Jose State University football over Fresno State at uh, this year. Oh, yeah, baby. Loving the show. Sincerely, Sir Whiskey Ray. So he's calling the shot right there. San Jose State over Fresno State. Got some college turf wars going on in the show today. Mountain West Conference represent. MWC. Wow, man. They're representing in a major way. UNLV's got to come to the party now. You know, San Jose State's been represented. Fresno State has been represented. Someone's going to hit us up and represent San Diego State, as they should. Just saying. Just throwing it out there. UNLV's got to show up to the party. I, I know you're representing. Might, they, they might not make it on the air. I'll, <laughs> I got to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> Damn. All right. How about this one from the Mailman Raider? Q, seeing a lot of people saying this game is a trap game, but in my mind, I'm thinking the Raiders have Miami's dub from last season in the back of their minds, knowing that they pretty much knocked us out of the playoffs. Do you think the players are using that as fuel uh, to go that much harder? That's from the Mailman Raider. Thank you for the text, my man. And no, I don't. And that's not trying to dismiss what you're saying. I just, I don't think that that, I don't think you can use stuff like that as fuel. Yeah, they know what happened, but it was last year. It's pretty much a totally different unit, especially defensively. Yeah, there's guys that were there, but... I don't think that they really are concerned about last year. I think that Max Crosby said it the other day in, in one of the media sessions, we ain't worried about anything that happened last year. We're worried about this year. You got to move on from that at some point. Yeah, even Gruden's answer where he was asked about, hey, because these corners, their secondary is still pretty much the same. He's like, how do you feel about Ruggs and Edwards this year as opposed to last year? And he's just like, you know, that was last year. Right. It was really like a nothing burger of an answer because he's like, we don't care about last year. I got confidence in my guys. And, and look, Gruden's not going to give you a whole lot anyway when it comes to something like that. But Brian Edwards is a different wide receiver. Uh, Henry Ruggs is a different wide receiver. I feel like that, that one, Edwards is healthy. Two, Ruggs is a little bit stronger. And uh, I think he has a lot more confidence. And, and Derek Carr has more confidence in him. But more importantly for this game, I, I think that the defense is the factor. The defense was not what the the, Ra- the Raiders didn't have a defense last season. They just didn't. And now they do. And so I think the guys like K.J. Wright, I think guys like Casey Hayward, Unique Ngakwe, hell, even Max Crosby. Max Crosby is almost like a new man. Not that he was, you know, bad in 2020, but he just looks like he's rejuvenated and fired up. He's you know, good he's to go. He's going to, like, early statistics. He's one of the best defensive ends. In football right now. In the game, yeah. Yeah, right now, yeah, he, he is. And so, I mean, he's he's just a different level. Uh, these different coaching staff. I mean, I, I don't think that you can, can hang on to last year too long. If you hang on to last year too long, then you're going to end up, you know, becoming a victim of that. You're, I had a buddy back in Texas who used to say, don't let, don't let one game beat you twice. And so basically, you got to clear that stuff and just move on. So no, I don't think that the Raiders are using that as any kind of fuel. I think what they're using as fuel is the fact that they're two and zero, and they have a chance to go three and zero, and 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 that's another AFC game. And then, by the way, they have another AFC, which happens to be an AFC West opponent, but they have an AFC opponent coming up next week as well. I mean, if the Raiders really parlay this, and I don't like to get ahead of myself or anything, but just looking at it on paper. They've completed half the mission. If they complete the other half of the mission and win the first four games in the AFC, I promise you those four games at the beginning of the season will come back at the end of the season to help them out. But they've got to go and and handle their business, and they've got to do exactly what they're doing and the approach they're doing it at, one game at a time. It's as simple as that. 702-365-9200. I'll take a couple more calls. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to get back to we're going to get to cover three NFL news and notes of the day coming up next, but we will take a couple calls from you if you uh if you have them, uh go ahead and hit us up. Does Jacoby Brissett getting the start against the Raiders on Sunday change the way you look at that game? Do you feel better about it? Do you feel worse about it? Are you indifferent and think like Raider Mike like the Raiders are going to crush them no, no matter what? Holler at us, 702-365-9200. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. We have dogs out there that's ready to hunt. Uh, they're ready for this game. They're excited for it. And 
I'm excited to see them hunt. Now, I told our players, you need to be more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Yeah, looking in the mirror. Do I look good? I got my extra bands on. I got my other shoes on. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Coming up in a few minutes, we'll have Cover 3 NFL news and notes of the day. Just kind of taking a look at the NFL and what's going on. Some injuries, some guys that are getting starts, some rookies that are getting starts. That's what we like to call is a little bit of a tease. But quickly, got a text message. Sam and Ash text line from Glenn. San Jose, 69187, keyword R&R. That's how you hit a hit us with a text. Q, only concern should be keeping Miami down since they're coming in physically and mentally down. If the Raiders keep it fun, 3-0 is right there. And, Glenn, thank you for that text. Call, texting out the 408. I appreciate that. And I'll tell you, man, that's a good way of putting it. Miami is down right now. Physically, mentally, they're a little bit bruised. You know what you got to do? You got to kick that dog while he's down. Talking about dogs. You see how I just tied that all together? Because if you let that dog get up and start fighting, you never know what could happen, man. You let that dude get back into the fight. What happens in a, in a fight, Damon? Or, hell, you're a wrestler. Let's let's take it to your world. In your world of wrestling, which is scripted, but, you know. When no, you're, but, no, but you try to keep it as realistic as possible, and that is one right. of the things. It's like, why would you let someone get you back up? You can't let them get back up, right? All right, real quick, the 502 Raider D. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. What's going on, gentlemen? How we doing tonight? Chilling, man. Chilling. Listen, listen. So we've made a lot of uh, we've done a lot of things in the past to get excited and get overly excited and, and, and overlook people. You know, we cannot overlook even even though two is not starting. You know, you got to think Jacoby Fett took over for Andrew Luck when he was in, threw for over three thousand yards. Mm-hmm. So we, I mean, so we got to we got to use this as motivation to even play harder. To, 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 to stick with what we got game plan defensively, offensively, and just come out every game like it's a brand new game, like it's a Super Bowl, man. We got to That's how we get to the playoffs. Very much like you guys were talking about earlier. Don't look forward. Don't look backwards. Only look at what's going on now and what's going on today and take care of business one game at a time, and then we'll make the playoffs and make some noise, man. I'm out. There you go. Good call, my man. I appreciate you. 502, 502 Raider D checking in right there. Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Good stuff, my man. And, and uh, yeah, you know, and, and that's why I said at the top of the show, I think Jacoby Brissett gives Miami a better chance. I really do. And that's not very often you say that about a backup quarterback. It doesn't happen that often. But some guys are backups because they're too safe. Where the teams are betting on the, hey, we want the potential instead of the guy that's, he's probably going to get, well, not this year, but he's probably going to get us to 500. Well, if he's a starting quarterback somewhere, I think he'd just be 500. I mean, look, he took over, like 502 Raiders said, he took over for uh, Andrew Luck. He didn't do very well, or else he'd still be there. You know, he just did okay. The Raiders beat Jacoby Brissett. The thing about Jacoby Brissett, and this is good for Max Crosby, this is good for Unique Ngakwe, this is good for if Clee Farrell gets in the game, it's good for Solomon Thomas, it's good for Jonathan Hankins, it's good for Darius Phylon, anyone on that defensive line, he holds on to the rock. He holds on to the ball for a, quite a while. And you know what that's going to do? That's going to allow a guy like Crosby to eat and Gakwe to eat and everyone else I just named. They're going to have an opportunity to eat. I wouldn't be shocked. And this is not me trying to play fanboy. This is not me trying to blow smoke up your backside. I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised to see the Raiders come out of this game on Sunday with three sacks. Straight up. Because Jacoby Brissett, one of his biggest issues when it comes to playing the quarterback position is he holds on to the rock too long. And if you do that, 
the Raiders' defensive line has showed that they can get to, get home. And the offensive line for Miami is pretty banged up. It's battered and bruised. So that's one of that's one of the keys. And we'll talk about, you know, the game and, and the keys of the game. We'll get into more of that, uh, you know, later on and, and throughout the course of the week as we all lead up to this game on Sunday. But that's one of my biggest keys that I'm paying attention to is Miami's offensive line, can they hold up? And how long does Brissett hold on to the ball? And does a guy like Crosby and Ngakwe, how, how cool would it be to see Ngakwe get his first official sack with the Raiders? That'd be great. It'd be great to see him. Every game there's been somebody that has two. Crosby had two sacks. Thomas had two sacks. Why don't you just, you know, wife always says, go ahead and talk it into existence. All right, Ngakwe, gone and get you two sacks on Sunday. I see him being a three-sack team on Sunday. I really do, with Jacoby Brissett, the way he holds the ball. It's just what I think. What you got over there? You, you oh, got this no. look on your face. No, like, no, no, no. I'm looking you at, look at the schedule. You got this look on your face like, like a creditor is calling you or something. No, you know I'm, what I mean? I'm like someone's looking. saying, Damon, you got to pay the rent. Or we're kicking you out. Like you're no, about to get that pink at, slip. I was just looking at the schedule because I'm like, huh, hey, this actually might be true. Because I was reading an article today okay. from a Benjamin Solak from The Ringer, and it was just like, eventually this defense is gonna like progress to the mean. Not that it's bad, but you're like, they because they're the best defensive line in the league so far if you just go by the numbers. Right. And it's like, well, eventually, like, you know, they'll regress a little bit, bit. It's just like, oh, the cert, the circumstances of the offensive line from Pittsburgh and the offensive line from the Ra- from the Raiders. I mean from the Ravens, excuse me. But it's like this week this week, the Dolphins offensive line, bad. Couple of weeks, Chicago offensive line bad. Right. So they got like the first five games where they might still look like the most dominant defensive line in the league, just off rushing four because they haven't been blitzing a lot. They've been getting all this pressure just from rushing four. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Through two games, they rushed. They they blitzed twice. Through two games, the Ravens blitzed the Raiders seventeen times. Week one, got a text from Keith and Sonora. I'm not sure what he means by this, but it's cool. To hell with the sacks. Just win, baby. <laughs> Okay. I mean, it's an element of the game. Like, let me ask this question. Let me just be a dummy real quick and ask this question. Oh, no, Keith. For years, people complained about not getting sex. Right? Just last year. I mean, for years. Ever since 52 left. Right? Complaining about not enough sex. Raiders can't generate enough pressure. Yada, yada, yada. So now they're starting to get sex. I think that this is going to be an element of the game. And my man's like, to hell with sex. Like, you don't need sex. Okay, well, is it? Do you want them or not? That's all I want to know. That's all I want to know. Take the good stats, Keith. It's not even about the stats. I mean, that's the good element of the game. It's a loss. It's a loss of yardage. (laughs) I mean, you want the sack. How many times? If you didn't didn't want the sack, you'd still have Arden Key on your team. Arden, I almost got their key. I mean, am I wrong? Now I'm trying to think of what good stat is he would does would he accept? It's great to get quarterback pressures. It is, but you want to get home, and I know that you know, like leading the league in sacks is not that doesn't mean that your defense is going. I get that, but bad things happen when the opposite teams get quarterback gets sacked. Like they could fumble, they'll lose yardage, it'll be another down. The offense will get the ball back quicker. I mean, there's everything that you want happens. When your team is able to get a sack on the other team, like, why wouldn't you want that? I'm just asking because I don't know. I've got no answer. I've got no answer. I've got no answer. That's how confused you are. You're like, I ain't even going to turn the mic on. Things where it's like, I don't even know what to say about that. It was like, if they were leading the league in interceptions, it was like, I don't care about interceptions. (laughs) Just wins. (laughs) The hell with the interceptions. Just get a win. Well, that's an element of the game. What do you want then? You have a matchup that you probably can exploit. That's my whole point. 
I'm not, I don't care about stats. I don't play fantasy football. I'm not that guy. I've never played fantasy football. I hate fantasy football. Take it easy. I don't care. I'm not that guy. <laughs> Adam Hill has, do you know he's in like 30 leagues? Yeah. That's sick. That is just <laughs> sick. He's got a problem. He needs, I hope he's not listening. He needs a girl. Because I'll be damned if I had 30 different leagues I was paying attention to. Oh, Adam's coming through the window like, damn it, oh. I heard what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> if he just bust in like, hey, man. I, I yeah, heard I heard that comment about my girl, Q. It ain't funny. Heard that crap you were talking. I'm just saying. One, one more text and then we're going to take a quick break. One Nation Jeff, I think Brissett is the better quarterback, but I feel much better about him starting than coming off the bench like Fitzmagic did. But I do think we'll be able to handle business no matter who Miami has in there. Also, can't wait to hear the judge. Can't wait to hear the judge today. One of my all-time favorites. Spent about two hours talking to him at the signing here in SoCal while he was waiting to be set up. An awesome person and a great Raider. That's from One Nation Jeff. Thank you for that text, my man. I do appreciate you. And yeah, I'm fired up as well. I cannot wait to talk to the judge. Lester Hayes will be coming up at 3 o'clock. I know I said we we're going to get to cover three. We will. We'll come on back, and we'll get to cover three. I promise. NFL News and Notes of the Day is coming up next on Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Got a bunch of good text messages on the Sam and Ash text line. We'll get to those in a few minutes. Also got a couple good tweets that I got. Uh, definitely appreciate all the feedback. 69187, keyword r Again, that's the Sam and Ash text line. And Twitter, you can always hit us up at r 920 am or at your boy Q254 or at Damon, that's D-M-O-N, the boss. Is it underscores? You got underscores in there? Yeah. How many underscores you got? Just the one, Damon uh, underscore the boss. Okay, there Posted it is. Posted a nice little gym pick last night. You yeah, know, that, I, like did, I saw that. You were feeling yourself a little bit. You know what, man? The arms are looking real good. You know what? I digress. Uh, yeah, me too. Uh, I did want to pass along this roster note real quick. Uh, the Raiders sent this over. They officially have signed free agent uh, tackle Jackson Barton. Uh, that was something that we talked about yesterday, that he was, uh, being, he was signing to the Raiders, but it was official today. He's a guy that joins the Raiders after being on the Giants practice squad, originally a seventh-round draft pick by the Colts in 2019. He's six foot seven, 302 pounds. He's played with the Colts. Colts, the Chiefs, and the G-Men. Uh, he's from Utah. He, uh, he spent five years there, 2014 to 2018. And the corresponding move, they released linebacker Markel Lee. So that was the, the little roster moves that the Raiders made, made official today. Now, quickly, let's go ahead and get into a little bit of news and notes around the league. Cover 3 brought to you by Nova Home Loans. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Quickly wanted to go through a couple injuries around the league. Justin Fields is going to get the start because, well, Andy Dalton is dealing with a a bone bruise in his knee. So Chicago Bear fans finally get what they want. Justin Fields, the rookie, gets his start on Sunday, and Nick Foles will be the backup. So uh, Andy Dalton in Chicago looks like that experiment is just about over. And it's kind of like similar to his career. You know, Andy Dalton is what he is. And you just knew at some point Justin Fields was going to get the nod. And his time is now. No, no, no. Reports are saying Matt Nagy said once Andy Dalton is healthy, he's got the starting job back. Okay, again, Andy Dalton's time in Chicago is just about done. Justin Fields, once he takes the field, he's going to stay on the field. They're not going to bring him back unless he stinks it up. And I just don't see him stinking it up. Do you see him stinking it up? I don't see him stinking it up. Okay, well, then they're not going to go back to Andy Dalton. They're just not. So most likely when Chicago is playing in Allegiant Stadium against the Raiders, what is it, week five? I believe it'll be Justin Fields as the quarterback. Again, you can't 
You can't never predict an injury or just how bad a guy could be, but I just don't see Justin Fields as that guy that's going to be that bad. I think he's going to be the starting quarterback moving forward, and I think a lot of people thought he should have been the starting quarterback to start the season. Anyway, they haven't had a quarterback for so long. Why, why not give this dude a shot? Let him go for it. Wasn't that weird like that? for Him and Trey Lance, they both had like the one passes that were touchdowns. Right, exactly. And I'm sure it's like – no, we seen all we need to see. Those what the fan base is thinking. Right, Start exactly, them out. exactly right. Uh, Carson Wentz. Want to talk about quarterbacks, huh? This guy has got two ankle injuries. I mean, this guy, if it's for, it wasn't for bad luck, he'd have absolutely no luck. I don't know what his career is going to end up being at the end of the day, but I just know right now everything that Carson Wentz has done in his career in the NFL has an asterisk next to it because it always is marred by injury. Even the Super Bowl year. That dude was in the MVP running. He was an MVP-type caliber quarterback and then didn't get to finish the job because of injuries. You know what I mean? It's just like it's one injury after the other. He has a high ankle sprain on one ankle, and he has another ankle sprain on the other. Um, and so, yeah, he's dealing with it. He was. Uh, they said that they're throwing the kitchen sink at him as far as treatment goes over the past 48 <laughs> hours to try to get him healthy. So there you go. Throw in the kitchen sink at him to try to get healthy. Only thing I can think about hearing that is, is he in two walking boots? That because then I'm thinking, how do you walk in two walking boots? No, nah, he doesn't. That's the thing. He doesn't have he doesn't have the uh, the walking boots or anything. But he's he he is what he is. He's got two ankle injuries. I mean, that's just terrible luck, dog. That's some. I mean, that it doesn't get any worse than that. You, I mean, how do you have two ankle injuries, right? Well, obviously, he got that first one. He was like, coach, I can play on it. It's like, all right, we believe in you. Want to talk the about, other one gets hurt. Want to talk about a guy who's banged up with injury all the time? How about Bradley Chubb in Denver, defensive end? This dude has missed a whole season because of an ACL tear. I mean, he's he's just, you want to talk about another guy that has no luck, Bradley Chubb. Well, uh, he has a cleanup ankle surgery that uh, that he had that they said was a roaring success. That's what Coach Fangio said today. He also said the best case scenario for Chubb is that he could be back in six to eight weeks. So Bradley Chubb is going to miss a large chunk of the season. And he's a guy that they're expecting. I mean, their defense is playing really well. They're 2-0 right now. For some reason, Bronco fans and Raider fans are chirping back and forth with each other. Like, who's the better team? Just wait till week, what, six or whatever. Oh, that tie for first place is, hey, come on. I mean, it might not not be a tie for first place at that point. But for right now? They got to both handle their business. And I'll tell you right now, and I've said it before, this is no disrespect to Broncos because they beat the teams they're supposed to. I'm still not impressed with what they got going on. So we'll see. But Bradley Chubb being out six to eight weeks, uh, that's 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 a rough deal for him. Antonio Brown, how about this guy? Another gift that keeps on giving. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have put him on the reserve COVID list. Uh, he is vaccinated, so what he has to do is get two negative tests 24 hours apart in order to be able to play on Sunday. Uh, he's the Brown. He's the third Buccaneers player to land on the reserve COVID list this week. So uh, he's been putting up some big numbers. You know, he's uh, he's been playing a lot of snaps for Tampa Bay. Oh, and no, that's he'll a big... have to throw to one of his other Pro Bowl options. Hey, man. Hey, it, it, hey, man. Oh, no. What, what, that's what, another what guy do? down. Do you think Tampa Bay is going to run the table? I don't think they're going to run the table. I don't but it's either. Just one of those, that's what I'm saying. I don't either. So. With all the weapons, it's like, oh, he's hurt. Hey, man, oh, if, you, if you miss a guy, you miss a guy. That's bad. Oh, we've got Godwin and we've got Evan. That's fine. O.J. Howard, I don't. he hasn't even been seen from this season. It's fine. All these it's still options. A big, it's still a big loss if he doesn't play. Oh, no. Okay. All right. All right, Tampa, or not Tampa Bay. All right, Tennessee barely squeaked out a victory. I got you. Just win, baby. Don't care. We just barely squeaked it out. Just isn't that the theme of the show? <laughs> Final note here for you: Cover Three NFL news and notes of the day. The the uh, Hall of Fame class, potential Hall of Fame class, was announced today. As far as some some guys that could be going into Canton, Ohio, and I just go through some of the first ballot guys: uh, wide receiver Anquan Bolden. He's, uh, he's up for the Hall of Fame. Devin Hester, he's up for the Hall of Fame. Andre Johnson and Steve Smith. Out of that crew right there, I'm looking at Steve Smith and maybe Devin Hester. 
out of that out of those two for the Hall of Fame first ballot. I, I love Steve Smith as a Hall of, uh, as a as a wide receiver. He was a fun wide receiver to watch. Andre Johnson, damn good wide receiver with the Texans. Hester, of course, big time uh, kick returner, punt returner. Anquan Bolden was tough as nails. But as far as first ballot, I'm looking at maybe Hester and Steve Smith. Yeah, I don't think any of those guys are going to get in first ballot, but I do think Steve Smith is a Hall of Famer. But the rest three, the the other three, those are just borderline guys. Okay. All right. Because Anquan Bowden and Andre Johnson, I think it's just like those Andre guys. Andre Johnson was a damn good wide receiver. Yeah, but it's just like those guys. Like they're You're just mad because he beat up the Tennessee Titan uh, DB, Corton uh, Finnegan. Corton Finnegan, boy. Yeah, he beat, his, he beat the like brakes off that dude. Real, your boy, get, it was like, ooh, ooh, come on. He ooh. beat the, that was a real football fight. <laughs> like a real football fight because most football fights are fake. That was actually a real deal fight. That was a good one. He'll get like a ring in like the Texans ring. I don't even know if they got one. But Damn. you know he'll he'll at least get one. <laughs> we'll get we'll get uh, we'll get John McClain's thoughts tomorrow on Andre Johnson and see what he says about him. Also, a guy who is you know part of the Hall of Fame voting committee. How about linebacker Demarcus Ware? He's uh, eligible for a first ballot Hall of Fame. What do you think about him? Oh yeah, he might he might get in first ballot. I, I can see that defensive lineman Robert Mathis, Vince Woolfork, maybe not Vince. I can see Robert Mathis being in the conversation. And then defensive back Antonio Cromartie, he's also available first ballot. I don't think he gets in first ballot. He was a good DB. I don't see him as a as, – I don't even see him really as a Hall of Famer, even though he did create a bunch of turnovers. I don't know. I don't know. How about this quarterback, and this will be the final one I do, uh, Randall Cunningham. He's up. He's available. He could possibly make the Hall of Fame, but unfortunately Randall Cunningham, Las Vegas native, is not a Hall of Famer in my book. Just wasn't a Hall of Famer. What were your thoughts? I mean, for the just for pioneering maybe – because if he can get in, then they can make the case for Michael Vick getting in. And then they can make the case for maybe even Cam getting in. But I feel like it's one of those. Did you uh, say Cam, Cam's not a Hall of Famer? I know he's not. But, I mean, like that's like where you can make the case. No. No, you can't. If Randall gets in. No. Randall's not getting in. It's Rand- just one of those. Like, Randall's not a Hall of Famer. I like Randall but I'm just saying, like, it's, For me, it's just a situation like, oh, my boy got in. So, I mean, that sets us up because we all the It's same. not the club, dog. But we can all get it's in. It's not now. the club. If one no. of us get in, you got to let us all No. It's not, of, like, that's how best, it works at the club. <laughs> the best running quarterbacks of all time. Got to respect that's, the running That's how it is. Hey, man, you let my, my man in. I got to get in, too. All right. All right. Cool. You good. We came together. No. No, man. It's not a guest list. You know what I mean? It's not a guest list. It's the Hall of Fame. Come on, dude. Randall Cunningham was a damn good quarterback. He was very fun to watch. He did open the doors for a lot of people, but he's not a Hall of Famer. He's not. Pioneering legacy, legacy, legacy big. Okay. All right. Two fifty five. I'm just making the case. I, that's fine. Your case has been dismissed. Two fifty six is the time. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two of unnecessary roughness with the judge. Yes, that's right. The judge will join us. That's right. Lester Hayes will join us on the phone lines to talk all things silver and black. Very excited about this next conversation. Lester Hayes is going to kick off hour number two here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty.